you dream of a classroom where learning is natural? Can we inspire students to lifelong learning? What exactly is the purpose of an education? Inspiring students to be curious, independent, creative, innovative, deep thinking, confident, proactive, collaborative, determined, educated. Rise to the challenge of changing the world. This is teaching. This is learning. This is who we are. Welcome to the Tabletop Inventing Podcast. What is the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality? What are the advantages of failure? How can the Latin expression forma mentis improve your success? Listen in for the passionate answers in today's podcast. Hey there, Innovation Nation. I read a book recently by a Stanford University professor, Carol Dweck. The name of the book is Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. Carol Dweck says, if parents want to give their children a gift, the best thing they can do is to teach their children to love challenges, be intrigued by mistakes, enjoy effort, and keep on learning. That way, their children don't have to be slaves of praise. They will have a lifelong way to build and repair their own confidence. This approach to learning grows a student's confidence and ability to explore. In our Inventors Bootcamp experience, students are taught this type of exploratory and challenging mindset. We fill a room with 3D printers, embedded processors, sensors, 3D design software, and computers for programming, and then give the students a big challenge. Every year, we never cease to be amazed at the creative solutions and capability demonstrated, as Carol Dweck has correctly predicted. To find out more about the Inventors Bootcamp, visit ttinvent.com forward slash bootcamp now. That's T-T-I-N-B-E-N-T dot C-O-M forward slash B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P-N-O-W. Or you can just visit ttinvent.com and click the Inventors Bootcamp button. Today, our guest is the founder of a literally game-changing company. Proxy42 was founded by Francesco Ferrazzino, and a video for their amazing new game can be found at father.io. That's father, as in my father, your father, father.io. After the interview, I strongly recommend you take the two and a half minutes to watch it. Their approach will change how games are played. If you're listening to this from the United States, you may find Francesco's accent a little thick, but I will make no apologies. This interview is among the best I've ever had. Listen to it and re-listen to it. His ideas are powerful. My guest today is Francesco Ferrazzino. And as you can tell by the name, uh, Francesco is from Italy. And I got excited because I saw a video that a friend of mine posted about a company called Father.io. And you can look that up. We'll link it in the show notes. Francesco is a lifetime entrepreneur, and he started coding very young, at about 11 years old. So, Francesco, tell us a little more about yourself. 
Well, I started, as I say, coding when I was very young. Then I continued my study, but uh, I, do, I dropped out from college when I was uh, 22 years old at uh, six years from uh, ending uh, mechanical engineering. By that time, by 2000, I'm uh, an entrepreneur in the IT space, uh, starting from coding, uh, internet, and digital marketing. I'm a sort of entrepreneur, so I started... Uh, a lot of company in the startup space, uh, even when uh, the startup uh, was not so common name. I'm very proud of my last child for Adotio because I wanted to create something uh, to make people have fun together. So <laughs> I believe that uh, having a dream is uh, something that. Uh, help me concentrate uh, in doing uh, new stuff. So I have uh, some questions, and you can tell me if we're going to get out of bounds, because I know that you guys aren't quite released yet. But on the father.io, uh, how did you come up with that idea? Uh, since I was young, uh, I was uh, a gamer and a game developer. I started to call it because I want to create uh, the so badly uh, a new game, uh, because uh, I, I was very fast uh, in finish them, uh, and I wanted new experience, and I want to start to create a new one. In the years, uh, there was uh, a lot of kind of gameplay. But after 20 years playing game, uh, yes, the graphics was changed. Everything became more realistic. But there was something missing for me. It, it, it was like uh, playing the same game again and again and again. I wanted something new. I wanted a, a new gameplay. So I remember when uh, when I see first see. Uh, the first mobile phone with the camera, I thought, hey, well, it would be very cool to use the camera of uh, a mobile phone for making games <laughs> out of reality. And years later, I was working for some project in augmented reality for some customer, and I thought, hey, maybe it, it's time to recatch that old idea I was having uh, five, seven years before and make it real because, hey, now it's possible to do something like that. Uh, let, let, let me think about it. I can do it. <laughs> and everything started. So you actually had this idea uh, quite a number of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the game that uh, Francesco and I are talking about that he developed uh, with his team is a first-person shooter game. And actually, when the first time I saw it, it looked like Doom, but on a phone. But it's got this really cool uh, twist in that it is actually in reality, and anyone with a mobile phone with the app is part of the game. And it happens in real space connected to the digital space with the camera or with the phone. And you have to go see the link that we'll put on the show notes. This is a absolutely a fantastic new idea. Even though, Francesco, it's a five- or seven-year-old idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always love uh, to predict the future. Um, it was enough easy for me knowing the digital space uh, that at least every three, four years, uh, five years uh, right now, but in the future will be even less. Uh, there is a, a major change, which is not only about tech, but it is also about uh, uh, how do we use content. For example, back in the 90s uh, and uh, in the early years old, there was, uh, okay, websites, and you search with uh, search engines, uh, even before Google was famous. 
Okay, Google give a, a great chance to us to understand uh, where the media are. Then comes YouTube and uh, the video and uh, the concept uh, of having uh, a new kind of entertainment and everybody was doing video entertainment on the web, okay? And then comes Web 2.0 and everything was about social and sharing and then was about uh, mobile phones. And every time uh, you put the content in the internet, uh, but it's always more difficult for people to find your service and your product. So what's happening? The major shift is we pass from research for the internet. Then the internet becomes our network of friends which uh, share with us. And then uh, we took the internet in our pocket with mobiles, but even the app store is uh, completely full of application and games and uh, information. So I believe that every step, every thought here, when the information is overloaded and uh, our search channel and how we, we find the, the, this information, there is a measure shift. And the next one uh, will be, of course, the reality. You can see HoloLens, you can see Magic Leap, uh, every, everyone, you see even Navdi, the big players want you to induce their information uh, in the reality. Like the reality is a new media. Out of curiosity, have you guys been thinking about how to connect that with the game you're currently working on? Uh, yes, yes, yes. With our platform will be available also for other devices which connect you to the reality. That's not a problem for us. Wow, that's really cool. The first time I saw it, that was the first thing that jumped in my head is because we went to the Consumer Electronics Show in January, and everything at the show was about virtual reality. It seemed like you know every third booth had some sort of VR augmentation or a new device or some software. Yes, this is something that I consider important. There is a, a sort of fight, I believe, between uh, Facebook uh, and Google, and I want to see what will do Apple. The strange thing is, uh, will be the virtual reality of the augmented reality, the future. Because uh, Facebook acquired Oculus for $2 billion, of dollars, which is uh, a huge, huge amount of money. So the problem is, uh, I don't have the answer for this kind of question. Do will be the virtual reality or the augmented reality the next big things? I mean, virtual reality... I love it, uh, I try it, uh, I use it also a lot of time, but uh, it is uh, about uh, isolate you from what is around. It is incredible, it is an unbelievable experience, it's really cool and exciting. Uh, but uh, in my personal opinion, I prefer augmented reality because uh, I can have it uh, with real people. I can use with real people. I can use in real place. I don't have to isolate myself uh, in my PC, in my room, uh, and playing alone, uh, separated from the, the real world. But I'm not saying that virtual reality is, is uncool. It is absolutely cool. But uh, I used to try a different way from there. I must say that uh, right now, Virtual reality 
technologically is more stronger than augmented reality because uh, not all the tech which involve augmented reality are ready to market, in my personal opinion. I tested all of them and I believe that we need at least uh, two, three years before coming at the point where Oculus VR are. And still Oculus uh, got some problem with tracking and lagging. Interesting. You actually anticipated some of the questions I had. So let's change gears a little bit and let's actually go backwards instead of forwards. How did you get into computer coding? What was interesting to you when you got started in that? My mother was a teacher and uh, she teach me the, the greatest things uh, that she can, uh, how to self-learn things. For example, when I was five or even four years old, she teach me algebra and uh, Pythagoras theorems. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I was uh, starting to understand uh, the logic of maths uh, very early. They then they bought me a computer <laughs> when I was young, and uh, the things that the computer was doing at uh, at that age was uh, very pure. So I started to see what what were were in the disk, and I learned basic because basic was there. I learned the gorilla application. I say, hey. With all this uh, few line of code, I can make the Gorilla Games. <laughs> awesome! Let me do my Gorilla Game uh, with starting to understand what what is in there, what's behind that lines of code. So I, t- I self-touched before Basic, uh, then uh, Pascal, uh, then uh, Ch- uh, Chi, and uh, finally, uh, when I was 17, uh, I found out uh, in uh, in my school uh, a book about assembler, <laughs> which was uh, in the Tesh laboratory, and I asked to the teacher if I can take this home because nobody was using. <laughs> Actually, it was a copy of a book uh, printed on common papers, and uh, a self-learned uh, assembler, which was uh, very, 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 very hard. Consider that uh, at that time in Italy, no one has uh, internet. So it was even more difficult because I can't ask to anybody about the problem I had. Yeah, you and how to solve problem in creating a graphic engine in back in 1994. Yeah, people weren't even thinking about Stack Exchange yet. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, a great idea in doing Stack Exchange is saving. Uh, the life of a lot of coders, hours, hours by day. So you said something very interesting that I want to come back to. You said that your your mom was a teacher and that she helped you self-teach. And, you know, we talk about this a lot with what we do because we also work with teenagers. And it's very important to us to learn how to learn. And that's exactly what we focus on as, as a company is helping teenagers learn how to learn. Because you're right, it, it's a little bit uncommon, but it's the perfect best solution in life. Because if you know how to learn, you can do anything. So when did you know that that idea in your head was different maybe than some other people had? Well, 
uh, in the beginning, uh, doing when I was a teenager, that was more a problem than a solution because I remember when I was in high school, I was the one uh, which people uh, always ask uh, to 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 solve their problem uh, where uh, <laughs> when they can't. You know, it's uh, probably common stuff. So I end up helping the other one, and I have uh, two minutes to, to do my. my the prob- to solve the problem I have by myself. <laughs> but I'm back in self-learning. Well, there is two aspects I would love to discuss. One is the mind is not different from a computer, or at least we are starting to make the computer very similar to how mind works. I mean, uh, deep neural networks and uh, things like that. I believe that uh, it is a process of uh, making mistake until it works. And coding was perfect because uh, until the result was the one I was expecting, <laughs> I, keep on working on that uh, on a loop, okay? So, because nobody was teaching me how to code in a great way, but uh, understanding iterate around the failure, it's like uh, what you say in startup in San Francisco and Silicon Valley, fail fast uh, to be successful. So, okay, you have to learn how to make a mistake because uh, not every mistake brings you in the right right way to solve the problem. But uh, at least uh, in the very beginning, uh, when you are young and try to test uh, hacking and uh, trying to make the stuff until they work uh, as you, it was very, 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 very useful. So this is the first things. Another thing okay. is uh, when you get older, uh, it is important to have uh, a formamentis. It's uh, what in Italian we call formamentis. It's very similar to your English expression mindset, uh, which means uh, you have to learn how to set uh, your mind uh, to pragmatically solve the problem. Because intelligence, the, your QI, your uh, intellective property is about solving a new problem with your experience, uh, but not solving problem with your experience, but solving new problem based uh, on your old experience. So how your experience and your knowledge can help you to solve new different kind uh, of problem. But uh, uh, there is another aspect I would like to discuss. It is that uh, formamentis, uh, uh, your mindset, uh, in uh, Italian uh, and Latin, uh, it is not so positive expression because uh, it is uh, when you have, let me try to explain, when you have uh, a condition from your education uh, you are conditioned uh, to think like that. This condition comes really from the education. So formamentis, uh, it's like uh, a way to control your mind <laughs> in the original uh, Latin uh, Roman uh, idea. Okay, we control the mind of the young in order to let them solve the problem in a way that we want them to solve. And uh, I believe that uh, one of the things you have done uh, in the U.S. 
especially in the Silicon Valley, especially when Apple was born, where Microsoft was born, and uh, all the new generation of company was born, was that uh, you were in, uh, in a period of uh, what we call in Italy controcultura, which is uh, against culture, because uh, there was uh, the age of the hippies. Uh, uh, Steve Jobs was an hippie. And... Uh, they use uh, their knowledge in a kind of different way because they were so free to reinvent the future. They, they start to do things completely different. And uh, they create uh, a real new kind of tools for the humanity. With, uh, I believe that uh, without the spirits of that uh, years uh, wasn't possible to do. So I believe that it is uh, a matter of uh, learn how to learn like uh, a former mentis and then forget everything you learn and start new. <laughs> I like that. That actually rings very true with many of the uh, things and people that I've talked to. Um, in fact, there's a book in, from a lady from Stanford called Mindset, which talks a little bit about this. He, she doesn't talk exactly in the, the three points that you mentioned, but it's the similar idea of having the ability in your mind to see failure as a step rather than as an end point. And I think a lot of people see failure as the end of the road and not the first step or the second step or the third step. And what you're talking about is having the ability to fail and have those, those experiences looking back of what didn't work or maybe some that did and being able to put them together into a new idea to solve new problems that you've never faced before. And that's a hard task for most people. Yeah. But I think it's easier for the young, which is why we're spending time to, to work on it, because I think teenagers are more likely to be able to learn it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And also they have more time to learn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, failure is expensive. It's expensive yes. on time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would try to say. Now I can accept less of error because I have customer for my Italian company to to serve in time. You know, <laughs> in the business you have a limited amount of money you can uh, invest on uh, failure. <laughs> okay, but uh, usually that that is the way. Uh, at least for me, the way how it works. Uh, I believe that a problem uh, which you can't solve. Uh, it is insolvable if you start to see the problem from a different point of view. Sometimes it's like macro focus on a problem. If macro focus doesn't work, you have to step back 2,000 miles, 9,000 miles, and try to understand if that mistake, if that, that failure, if that stuff, it is really so important, or you can... Uh, try to solve uh, bypassing that problem uh, and look at for, for another solution, which is similar, but maybe sometimes even better. Wow. I love this perspective because this is the exact focus that we're trying to bring in our podcast is this idea of looking at problems in different ways, of uh, being able to take control of your mind and not be uh, beat down by failures, but to try to see them in a different way. I mean, and, and you can correct me if, if you've had a different experience. From speaking to many people, I hear that very often when you have a failure, 
what other people would call a failure, it, it's an opportunity to look at life in a different way. Absolutely, absolutely. I must say that this is not the way usually in Italy think about the failure. I've learned about failure watching the US culture and not the Italian culture because uh, in Italy, if you are fail, for example, if you fail a business, uh, you are really, 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 really in trouble. <laughs> it's very hard. It's very hard uh, for people which fail a business because bank uh, doesn't give you money. They can took uh, depending of the kind of business you have. They can take you all of your money, all of your wealth uh, to pay the expenses. So it's uh, something, uh, something, something, something really hard here in Italy. And I love the U.S. Uh, way of thinking failure, for, for example, from the Silicon Valley, where if you are a serial entrepreneur and you fail your company once or twice, you have more experience because you have made mistakes. And if you are a good guy, <laughs> you learn how to not do that mistakes again. In Italy, there is... Uh, some misconception maybe related to our Catholic religion uh, where uh, the mistake uh, is something uh, like uh, a damnation, okay? Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but unfortunately there are many other places in the U.S. that are, aren't as open to failure as Silicon Valley is. I think Silicon Valley is a, a unique place for that, that people see failure in a different way and certainly uh, my friends from the area in Silicon Valley they tend to have a different way of thinking about life a, a way that that causes more innovation it causes more effort after a failure to find a way to turn it into something good and as a result I mean Silicon Valley in the US has done a, an excellent job of growing into a, a mecca for innovation because innovators know just internally we seem to know that you have to make a few mistakes in order to find the right answer but unfortunately many people don't know that that is true and so um, we're actually trying to bring that that idea that mindset um, like like I said to teenagers and to teachers because we feel like as a as a culture as a uh, as a society in the world we're facing some very tough problems and so I think we need a whole generation of kids that think very clearly about failure realize that failure is something you must learn from and turn it back into something that you can innovate from instead well I, another thing uh, I want to think that sometimes uh, not often but sometimes uh, even from a failure, okay, or from uh, casualty, you can make the most important uh, discovery. I, I always remember the story of Fleming and the penicillin. It was uh, a case that uh, he discovered that because uh, the bacteria where he was studying uh, was covered by, uh, I don't know what to say in Italy, it's muffa. So you can't uh, never say it's something uh, that is uh, for some for someone a, a mistakes an error or a failure it is uh, can be something really important I believe it it is not so easy however can we can we back on the way to the education we we were talking about a lot of time of failure and uh, it, it is always good also to to speak about uh, having success okay yes well let me head us toward the end of our conversation because i should let you go here pretty soon but 
the two questions we always like to ask, the first one you are uniquely positioned to answer because of your company and because of your perspective. In the digital age, you know, we have YouTube, we have Google, Wikipedia, and lots of these uh, internet tools like you have mentioned and we've talked about. In that environment with all those tools, um, what does it mean to be educated in that environment? My opinion in this is that education, again, in this era where we have so much information, so much information, and so much knowledge than uh, that's so near to you. But not all the information on the internet uh, are the, the Bible, okay? Not all uh, <laughs> information, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, don't let me say the word uh, on the internet. I believe that uh, the educator and the education is giving the tools to people to understand what's wrong and what's not wrong, what's good and what's not good, because there is not only tech education, but I believe that education must learn us how to be good human, because it is not about everything about knowledge, it's also about being involved in the society, make a change in the society, make the world a better place. It is not only about learn to code and make a job, learn engineering and have a job. I believe that the most important part of education should be like a second family for the child, because not everybody in the world have the opportunity to have a good family. Let's face it, there is no law that allow people to not have child and be criminals. Okay, so I believe that school and education should help guys and help family to create a better world and to make people understand how and give the tools how to get this job done. So in the internet era, understanding that, uh, I don't know, water cannot be monetized, okay? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, that's the kind uh, of things you can find on the internet, okay? <laughs> and there are thousands of people who believe it, uh, millions of people who believe in that kind of stuff. At least give the tool to understand uh, the basic of <laughs> what is possible and what's not possible. It, it, it is uh, really, really, really important. We don't want uh, a, a population of believers. We want uh, the world uh, where people can actually understand the stuff. Yes, yes. So let's come to the last question after we've been looking back uh, over your experience as an entrepreneur and coming in. You have a unique perspective on this. So for you, what is the purpose of an education? How have you used your education? And when I say education, education doesn't necessarily mean school. Um, education might mean the self-teaching you, you also uh, discussed. So using that as the definition of education what has been the purpose of that in your life how have you used that well even if i haven't uh, finished the engineering uh, things that uh, remain in my life uh, as a former mentis was very useful uh, they teach me this uh, when I was doing mechanical engineering, there was uh, several ways uh, to solve the same problem uh, in a different way. 
but everything come as a cost. And uh, with uh, a similar solution, but different term of quality, for example. Okay, you can uh, do the same thing uh, with different technique, uh, but uh, which can be became more costly or less costly. Okay, and I always uh, use as an entrepreneur that kind of form mentis uh, to understand, uh, or at least not to understand, uh, because it's a form mentis. Okay, so <laughs> it's a way to analyze problem. And maybe uh, apart from all uh, the theory I had uh, learned uh, like uh, to solve uh, differential equation with multiple variables, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, integrals and everything, uh, the most important things that came in my life is that point of view, which I found out it is the most useful. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for giving us a peek at your ideas and how you've uh, thought about how you came to some of these ideas and the, the mindset and the thought process and, as you call it, the formamentus that has uh, sort of guided you through this. As we close, I'm just going to ask you to stay on for a few minutes afterwards, but as we close, what is the best way for our audience to connect with you and with some of the things you're doing? Well, uh, they can send me an email uh, to my personal email, which is uh, Francesco, like my name. Okay. And um, ju just uh, send me two lines, and I'm here for them. Excellent. Thank you so much, Francesco. This has been fun. Thank you very much. It's been fun for me, too. If you've been enjoying the conversations and insights here on the podcast, share it with a friend. Great ideas demand to be shared. You can also help fellow parents and educators by subscribing to the Tabletop Inventing podcast in iTunes, leaving a rating, and writing a review. If you use Android, subscribe, leave us a rating, and write a review in Stitcher. Links to subscribe can be found at www.ttinvent.com podcast. Contact us, and we'll think through the comments and answer your questions here in the podcast. And be sure to let us know if you'd like a shout-out or to remain anonymous. You can share your comments and questions at www.ttinvent.com podcast or by emailing us at podcast at ttinvent.com. Let's discuss your thoughts and questions. Join us again next time when we will again seek to answer the question, what is the purpose of an education? And as educators, how do we awaken the inventor in each of our students? Mm -hmm.